The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. And this is the very raspy voice, Katie Adkins. This is the pretty normal voice, Kelly. And welcome to Corn on the Macab, where my voice is going to be all over the place. Yeah. And it's great that we're doing a horror comedy podcast um, right now when the state of the world the most is most horrific and comedic thing is happening right now. Yeah, no. And that I is mean, the American election. The world really <laughs> is a horror comedy, like in general. Like, if it's mm-hmm. going to pick a genre for itself, that's what it's decided. Mm-hmm. Um, really fits our brand. We don't usually talk about politics, but... Uh, but I feel like we can't not. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when it's slapping you in the face. Mm-hmm. I ran to a cabin in the woods for the last two nights. Oh, that sounds fun. Did you guys, were you guys like watching election stuff or were you just Hell no, we were doing the abs, we were doing the absolute opposite. No election stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's out of our hands. We can't do anything but wait. I just didn't want to be near a city. Yeah. <laughs> On the off chance, some crazy ass riots happen. Yeah, honestly, um, I don't, I didn't expect to care as much as I care right now, <laughs> but it kind of just really feels like the fate of the world is being decided right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's ridiculous. Ah. It's insane. We went out and like stockpiled at Costco, um, just in case, you know, and then I was immediately glad we did when I heard Trump talking tonight about, you know, how everything's rigged and violent is, or violence is sure to ensue and all this stuff. I hate that man so much. That crazy email um, that that you sent that guy got from the Trump campaign was like mm-hmm. insane and terrifying about like trying mm-hmm. to call people to like fight like fight what like I don't understand mm-hmm. like run in there and rip up the ballots like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what are we fighting I mean, right now <laughs> it's crazy and honestly if Georgia flips which it's so close like right now. Trump is ahead by two thousand right now two thousand. Like, we could be the one that flips this thing. And if we do, I'm going to be so fucking proud. Yeah, it's hilarious when you look at the Georgia map because it's like all of the college towns. Mm -hmm. There's a solid blue dot with like a solid blue Atlanta. (laughs) The same thing happened in Florida where it's like all the ones where there's prominent colleges are the ones that voted Biden. It's like, come on, this this says something. But yeah, uh, for this week's topic, we did not pick um, scary elections. We picked (laughs) silly superstitions. And Mm -hmm. what inspired me to pick this topic was actually when we did our medieval madness or whatever I titled it (laughs) episode with uh, when I remember when I read the thing about how they believe that demons lived in Brussels sprouts. Oh, no. What? You were there and you laughed and you commented you're in the episode. I know, but I I forgot about it. <laughs> How could you forget that demons live in Brussels sprouts? That's insane. Yeah, in medieval times, people believed that demons lived in Brussels sprouts, and you have to cook them a certain way to uh, expel the demons before you can eat the Brussels sprouts. So what you have to do is on the base of it, where like it was attached to the stalk, I guess, you have to carve a little cross and boil it in hot water. Wow. And it will get rid of the demons, and then the Brussels sprouts will be safe to eat, and you will not be possessed. Because they thought that... And that's how parents got their children to eat vegetables. (laughs) Is it? Is it expelling the demons? Yeah. That's how you get them to eat it. They're like, it's demon-free now. You can eat it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to find more uh, interesting, um, weird stuff that they believed in in medieval times and whatnot, but a lot of it is just stuff people currently still do, so I was like, oh, this isn't anything new, but I did look into a couple... um, I have, like, a bajillion tabs open of just, like, thousands of lists of stuff. <laughs> so, I, it's not, like, for this episode, like, I don't even have, like, here's a story I'm telling. It's just, like, a, I know it's just a list of a bunch of stuff. And I know for you it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll just. It's going to be the list episode. Well, is there any is there any superstitions you believe or, like, believed growing up? Not, like, Honestly, it was just kind of in the back of my mind, you know, like walking under ladders. Black cats were number one, like never, ever on my radar. Um, But like walking under ladders, mainly just because it seems dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. Not necessarily because it's going to give me bad luck, but just because like that doesn't seem like a good place to be anyway. I don't know why you'd want to go under a ladder. I myself the other day because Brendan had the ladder up. I think you were over when this happened. Uh, when we were putting up lights for the Halloween party and he walked under <laughs> he walked under the ladder and I had this moment of and then I had to like calm down and be like that's that's dumb. But I it's fine. <laughs> he did it twice. <laughs> so he undid his karma. Yeah. But I definitely had a moment where I was like, uh, that that's not good. You don't do that. When I was doing the research with this, I was with Hunter. And I was like, what was, like, anything weird that you believed growing up or superstitions, you know? Like, I was just trying to think of everything and anything possible. Because the kind of stuff that I believed was always, like, hold your breath and when you pass a graveyard. That's actually the main superstition I had was hold your breath when passing a graveyard. I've never even heard of that one. You've never heard of holding your breath when you pass a graveyard? Oh. Oh, snap. Um, I'll have to, I didn't even, uh, I should have looked that up. I just thought that was something everyone did. Uh, so basically. I guess I wasn't around a lot of graveyards. <laughs> I live next to one growing up. Okay, so that makes up. sense. But yeah, um, also like tucking your thumbs into your fist while passing a cemetery is supposed to like protect your parents. Oh. But that one's just like really weird. But the idea is that if you breathe in a graveyard, you might wake up the spirits or bother mm-hmm. them and the like sound of your breath or something like makes them like angry and jealous because they miss being alive and it's supposed to help with like possession and like disrupting like the dead spirits. Huh. Yeah, but I just did it as a kid because it was bad luck and it just seemed like a spooky thing. I didn't want to fuck with dead people, so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just nice to... You know, I mean, like, if it is real, then why test it kind of thing? Yeah, there's kind of, um, I feel like there's got to be a lot of, like, weird superstitions surrounding, like, graveyards specifically. Oh, I'm sure. I did have, I mean, I do have a little list here on, like, cemetery superstitions, if you care to hear them. I have a list on every thing. So, here's the thing. The problem with, like... The superstitions lists, as I can't necessarily say any of these are reputable sources, considering, like, it's superstitions. No one, like, really knows. Yeah. Where they actually, like, came from is just something we all, like, believe. Yeah. Or not believe. Like, you don't really look into the history of superstitions when you believe them. So I'm just going to let everybody who's listening just sort of take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. Um, This particular, like, cemetery thing is just uh, 
just this Texas website. I don't know. Uh, Kathleen Maca. I think it's a blog. This woman's blog. And she decided to write about. She's, I think, this, like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Moms with blogs. Moms with blogs. <laughs> but, uh, so, there was stuff where sweeping the home before the corpse is taken out will ensure, will ensure that the person who does so will be the next to die. Oh. So, you have to wait. To, for the corpse to leave your home before you disrupt, like, and clean anything. I mean, that makes sense. Also, why are you thinking about cleaning before a corpse is gone? I feel like the number one thing on my priority list was get this body out of my house. Right. You know? Exactly. Unless, unless you're a murderer, which maybe that's part of it. Maybe yeah. it's like, don't be a murderer. Don't be, <laughs> don't be a murderer. Why isn't that a superstition? Why isn't it, like... Don't murder someone because then you'll die next. Yeah. Like, why is that not a thing? Why is something on a crack supposed to hurt my mom, but, like, me actively killing someone will not. No divine Dude. energy will happen to me. <laughs> like, like no divine being will smite me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're not supposed to see your reflection in a hearse or try not to look at your reflection in a hearse because that could potentially mean that you're next. Being the first to leave the cemetery after a funeral is bad luck and could bring you death. But, like, I've definitely done that, like, multiple times. So I, I think that one's fine. I think mm-hmm. that's just... Or like, you're already dead. I think that's just... Dun, like, dun, dun. I think that's just, like, an outer respect thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the person who walks out in front of the coffin as, as it is being taken from the house will be the next to die. If the body of the deceased is limp for some time after death, another member of the family apparently will soon follow. Like, these are all just weird crap people used to believe in. Jeez. Um, A corpse should leave any home or building feet first, or else the corpse would be looking back at the building and calling for something within to follow him to death. There's just, like, so many. It's really weird. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, though, because... I feel like a lot of people fear anything to do with death. So the oh, fact yeah. that there's a lot of superstitions surrounding it just kind of checks out. Yeah. Um, if the deceased lived a good life, flowers will bloom on his grave. But if he has been evil, only weeds will grow. <laughs> okay. When the fuck has, have you seen flowers growing on graves? Because I have not seen that. I don't think ever. Granted, I wasn't looking. For them. <laughs> People don't plant flowers on graves. I think this is, like, way, yeah. way, way back in the day when it was just, like, a plot of dirt and, a, yeah. like, a stick. I don't know. If you put the clothing of a living person on a corpse, then that living person will die once the clothes decay with the body. That's just somebody who wanted to keep their clothes. If a witch is buried, she has to be buried face down. To prevent the community further supernatural spells. Like, they just think she's continuing, I guess, spells even after death. (laughs) If this doesn't work, unbury the witch and turn their clothes inside out, then rebury them face down. I don't know why putting their clothes inside out would do anything. Yeah. Not sure I get that. I don't know. But this was something I didn't think to look up. Like, why people wear black at funerals. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot to it. Obviously, black is just a just a dark, like solemn color. But the Irish believe that wearing black to a funeral, it's you're trying to appear as a shadow so that the dead person won't enter your body. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> That's interesting. So I thought that was kind of... But yeah, no, I definitely actively used to hold my breath when I would walk by a cemetery as a kid. Like, that was something I did for years. Was um, it a long walk past the cemetery? It was usually a car ride. Oh, okay. It was, like, okay, in okay. car rides. I just think of you, like, walking past and just, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it was definitely a very silly thing. And a lot of us did it on the bus because we had to pass by the graveyard, like to, like, to and from school every day. Oh, so it was, like, a communal thing at one point. Yeah, like, we all did it. Um, and we all don't know why we did it, but yeah, it's supposed to like keep from possession. (laughs) Um, but I was with Hunter and I was like, is there anything weird you believed growing up? And she goes, her mom intensely believes that on New Year's Eve, you have to eat black eyed peas. And I've heard of that. I did not know that. I grew up in the South and you thought I would have known that. It's like an incredibly like Southern American thing. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? So I looked it up. Basically, the reason why Southerners eat black-eyed peas, it's because of the Civil War. (laughs) Started in the Civil War um, when the Union troops, like, you know, beat the shit out of the Confederates. They would raid all of the supplies. Like, they would raid the food supplies and weapons and whatever was left behind. And so the Union, General Sherman's Union troops deemed black-eyed peas not even worthy of taking or eating. They deemed it animal food. And um, the Confederates considered themselves lucky to be left with just those meager supplies of Union would take everything except black-eyed peas and salted pork. They'd take everything but those two. They were like, those two are shit, not even worth taking. So Salted pork sounds delicious, and they sound stupid. Yeah. Just saying. Salted pork is delicious. So I don't know why they wouldn't take that, but I don't know. Maybe it was overcooked. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was really dry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the Confederates considered themselves lucky to be left with those, like, leftover shit supplies and survived the winter on literally just black-eyed peas and salted pork and um peas for the south with the confederacy it came deemed a symbol of luck because they were able to live even though they're racist (laughs) yeah that makes sense though but uh why you do it on january 1st actually is for a different interesting reason there's two sides to this coin so that's you know the racist side (laughs) The other side is black-eyed peas were also very commonly given to enslaved people. You know, black people. I like how they wrote it as enslaved. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I know what you mean. (laughs) And so what happened was in January of 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. So all of the black people of the South celebrated on January 1st of that year with black-eyed peas. And the idea is that uh, each pea, you're supposed to eat 365 peas because each one represents like each day of the year for good luck. So depending on how many peas you eat determines how much luck you get for the upcoming year. Well, has her mom been pretty lucky? Because I could get behind this. Or maybe I can listen to um, 
365 Black Eyed Peas songs. Are there 365 <laughs> Black Eyed Peas songs? <laughs> no, no, no. You just, you just uh, listen to Let's Get It Started like 365 times. <laughs> yeah, you just put it on loop in the background. <laughs> like, wait it. to see who notices. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. That sounds like the worst New Year's party, like, ever. <laughs> just oh, don't seconds. worry. I'm going to throw it. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be just black eyed peas on repeat. Yes, and nobody will know except for us. Oh my god! But yeah, that's why Southerners eat black eyed peas on New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And I thought that was really interesting. Like it has like an actual, like pretty recent history tied to it. I don't know why. Looking at this, I'm like, why didn't I look up weird Southern superstitions? Because Southern people believe the weirdest crap. Sammy told me. So speaking of weird superstitions, just based off of, like, location, in England, I I don't even know if you call this a superstition, really. It's just a weird thing. They, like, really think you can't microwave chicken and that it'll make you sick. You can microwave other meat, just not chicken. Do we know why? They just think it'll make you sick. That's it. That's all I know. Like, I I didn't look it up. I'm just going off what Sammy told me because I just thought it was kind of a weird side thing. Maybe I just look it up now. Why do British people not microwave chicken? <laughs> oh, my God. My computer just threw hella shade. I'm using my laptop right now. And I typed in why do British people in an autofilled have yellow teeth. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, no. I am curious about that, though. <laughs> I don't think they prioritize, I think they just don't prioritize teeth. Dental hygiene. Dental health. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, oh my God. They think Americans microwave raw chicken. What? To cook it. No, no. Oh, honey, no. 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 But I know uh, Sammy's British family, like, they will not reheat even cooked chicken in the microwave. They just, like, think it's bad for you. Apparently, it's because they're worried about salmonella. <laughs> uh, that's a legitimate fear. But if if it's already cooked. Putting raw fucking chicken in the microwave. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was just a weird fluke, like, thing that came up. There's no way anyone believes that we put raw chicken in the microwave. That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> I would hope Why not. would anyone put raw chicken in the microwave? <laughs> I don't think they believe that about us. We would get more shit about it if they believed that. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Yeah, I feel like that would have been mentioned at some point to us. At least I hope so. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's uh, some random ass health food site called like Rediff or something. It says chicken is a rich source of protein. However, reheating causes a change in composition of protein. So you shouldn't reheat it because this protein-rich food and reheated can give you digestive troubles. I um, did not know that. I don't know about that. I don't know about the science behind that. I don't no, feel like um, into it. I know a lot of people who meal prep chicken, and I feel like that's not right. I just don't understand what makes chicken so special. Than like, I mean, you could reheat pork and beef and whatever. But not the chicken. There's a BuzzFeed article called The Entire World is Disgusted at Americans for How They Heat Water by Putting It in the Microwave. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I heat water by boiling it. I mean, I do both. Oh, yeah, it's because we put water in the microwave. I don't think I've ever done that. Really? 
Yeah. I sometimes I just don't have the time to wait for the water to like the tea water to boil. I just stick it in the microwave for like two minutes. Anyways, I feel huh. like we got, I feel like we got off got off topic with the microwave <laughs> chicken. Now thing. we're just talking about how British people don't like our shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. If I bring up a superstition you're covering, salt, stop me. Okay? Just, okay. Just stop me. But there is a lot of weird stuff people do believe around the world. So in Germany, you cannot congratulate a person before their actual birthday. Like, you can't say happy birthday before their actual birthday. This uh, superstition goes back to the belief that demons could hear the good wishes and consequently do their best to make them not come true. And I think, I'm wondering if this is also tied to the origins of, like, when you make a wish, you're not supposed to tell anybody. Like, when you blow out mm-hmm. candles for your birthday, I think it's the demons listening to, like, ruin your shit. And when you make a toast to them, you have to look everyone straight in the eyes when you clink glasses. This way you can make sure there's no poison in your drink. And How um, is that supposed to make sure that there's no poison in your drink? I guess you're supposed to see the, like, the expression of the other person's face, I guess, will tell you. That's interesting. Where's that from? I'm not sure. I know they do believe that in Germany. In Germany, I know that they also believe that if you break eye contact when clinking glasses, it's it's seven years of bad luck. But apparently, they also believe the bad luck, it's seven years of bad sex. Oh, well, I mean, that is really bad luck. I can, that's worse than anything I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's really funny. Um, I'm trying to find the origins, and I feel like I would have needed more time for this question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everything's coming up with the bad sex thing. Maybe it's to make sure that they don't like toss it over their shoulder. Maybe. <laughs> like you watch oh, them drink oh, it. You watch them drink it. Yeah. Maybe if you're like if you shared from the same th- place, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm seeing the bad sex thing again. Okay. Uh where is Trending. Yeah, <laughs> trending. Where is the poison thing. Yeah, I guess it's just assuming your cups are from the same place. It's like if they don't drink it, make sure it's not poisoned. Then that's sketchy. Because if, if they're they poisoned, you're poisoned. Yeah. Kind of a thing. This one's just really cute. It's like the cutest thing. It's like straight out of Mary Poppins or some shit. In Great Britain, if you see a magpie, you're supposed to greet the bird very politely and say, Good morning, Mr. Magpie. How is your lady wife today. (laughs) And if you forget this, you know, little greeting to them, bad luck will follow you for the rest of the day. Um, The tradition comes from the fact that magpies are usually almost always found in pairs. So if you spot a magpie that's alone, that just means sadness. So if you add one for sorrow, two for joy to your greeting, you'll further ensure that the magpie will be friendly and won't, like, bother you or Make your eyes out but yeah it won't won't fuck you up dude this magpie is yeah. coming for you it will go all birds on your ass <laughs> it's like my wife just left me how dare you not greet me all i needed was a little human compassion <laughs> just adorable and i love it yeah that is really cute if i knew what a magpie was i would greet it um i think it's just like a cute like black and white bird I'm going to look at it. It's a cute little black and white bird. I think they're cute. I don't see them ever in America, though, but I know. Oh, okay. They are cute. I like them. Yeah, I would I would greet him. Like, 1010. I would, would greet him just for fun. Yeah, 1010 would be like, what up? Like, what up, Mr. Magpie? I hope your lady wife is solid today, my dude. 
So, you know how in, uh, like, America, we believe Friday the 13th is bad luck? Yeah. So, in Spain, it's actually Tuesday the 13th, for some reason. Huh. And the 13th always stays pretty consistent. Yeah, and you should never, ever get married or travel on a Tuesday that lands on the 13th. Um, Hmm. And what's funny is uh, the movie Friday the 13th, the title was translated to Tuesday the 13th for Spain. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, in Italy, though, Friday the 17th is bad luck. (laughs) Not the 13th. Basically, uh, you're not supposed to, same thing, you're not supposed to do anything at all on that day, um, but if you do decide to celebrate or do anything on a Friday the 17th in Italy, you are absolutely not supposed to wear purple. Basically, if you, if you find yourself, like, wearing purple, like, at a wedding on a Friday the 17th, don't worry. You can combat that luck, that bad luck. If you're a woman, you just touch your left breast with your right hand. Shake it for a little bit of extra luck. Oh, okay. Well, I do that anyway, so I guess I'm set. Yeah, no, we're fine. And then if you're <laughs> a man, you just have to, you know, touch your your wiener and oh. just shake it around a bit. You just have to put on a show for a little while. Basically, I feel, <laughs> I feel like someone made this up just, like, as a stupid, weird, drunk joke at, like, a party. There was, like, a, a wedding going on, and they're like, oh, you're wearing purple. Oh, you gotta shake your titty at me. Yeah, no, this sounds like something that a frat boy came up with. And then it, like, went way too far somehow. Like, somehow it got, like, way out of hand. And here we are. (laughs) Yep, and here we are years later, living with this boob-shaking world. (laughs) So, I can def get behind this with Sweden. Killing a spider is a no-go. In Sweden, which same with my household, we do not kill spiders here. But they believe that doing so will just cause it to rain the next day. Well, that kind of makes me want to kill spiders. Not that I want to kill spiders, but if it brings me rain and I'm in need of a rainy day, then I love me a good rainy day. All right. So um, they also believe in Sweden. They have, so their manhole covers have letters on them one is an a and then the other one is a k and you're never supposed to step on a manhole cover that has the letter a on it because because it's a long way down (laughs) because apparently the letter a stands for a number of unpleasant things in their language uh two of which are butcher this all right swedish people come at me arvuten karlek which means discontinued love, or arbech lachet, which uh, means unemployment. Hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> so you don't want either of those things, so just don't step on A, and they won't fuck with you. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, cutting your nails at night is the weirdest superstition I came across that seems to be more prevalent in Asia. Basically, they're like, if you cut your trimming your nails at night, in Turkey, India, South Korea, and Japan, if you cut your finger or toenails after dark, you could have a premature death or it's just bad luck. Historically, knives or other sharp cutting tools would be used to trim long nails, so maybe it was like it's just dangerous to like do that 
in dark places. I personally, my first thought of where the superstition would have come from, though, is like, so my mom hates the sound of nail clippers. Mm -hmm. Like, she just can't fucking stand it. And in my mind, I was like, could you imagine, like, being someone who hates the sound of, like, clipping nails and you're just trying to lie uh, asleep and then all of a sudden you just hear someone, like, clip, clip, clip. Yeah. (laughs) That's a real quick way to end up in uh, that one Chicago song. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He had had it coming. coming. (laughs) Who the fuck does that? We were in bed. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so also if you like back then if you cut yourself like you could get an infection and you get sick and die i guess oh just a lot of stuff happening you know a lot happening with that um but i have a bunch more stuff but now i want to hear what yours is because i think i could go on forever and that's (laughs) like there's just too many there's yeah. so many superstitions. Like, I'm having fun looking up all of them, but I also am going to, like, be talking here for three hours if I keep this <laughs> up. It's crazy. <laughs> I, You know, it's just kind of funny that people make up that kind of stuff. Oh, I do have one more, one more thing. Okay. And I think this is their way of trying to be like, yo, you're having way too many children. In Argentina, they believe that – your seventh son will is will be a werewolf. If what? If if you have a seventh son, they will be a werewolf. Oh. Unless the I can't tell if that's supposed to be an incentive or a deterrent. Well, unless the country, the president of that country adopts the son, then they will not turn into a werewolf. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently. This superstition was brought to Argentina in 1907 by two Russian immigrants, where the custom held that the Tsar became the godfather to the seventh sons. So, it was really weird, but uh, (laughs) Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, Argentina's president from 2007 to 2015, was said to have adopted a boy as her godson because of this superstition, Hmm. that he would be a werewolf. Oh, well, good good for her. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take it in the little dog boys. All right. What you got for me? What you got? All right. Um, so I just have the history behind a few common superstitions that we know of. Uh, the first one I know that you talked about uh, was opening an umbrella inside. So some people uh, believe that it went back to Egyptian times um, and that it had something to do with Pharaoh's sunshades. Um, but the more that historians went back and looked at everything, they're actually like, no, that, that doesn't tie in very much. It doesn't make much sense for it to have anything to do with pharaohs. So now what they're saying is in 18th century London, when metal spoked waterproof umbrellas began to become like a common thing, uh, the stiff mechanism that was in them, uh, cause they hadn't figured out umbrellas yet really, <laughs> Uh, made them huge hazards. So like you could open it up in a small room and seriously injure somebody or break something or just cause um, like an accident that could provoke fights. So (laughs) that's really where it came from is just people would open up these old ass umbrellas and they would spring open and hit someone in the face 
or knock something off a shelf and people will get mad and start arguing about it. So they're just like, hey, maybe just don't open them inside anymore because it causes too many problems. That's really so, funny. <laughs> yeah, so that's where that comes from. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. You know, it's nothing to do with demons or anything like that. It's just, you know, we don't want you to break stuff. And then the one I was talking about earlier, uh, bad luck to walk under a leaning ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one does originate in Egypt about 5,000 years ago. A ladder leaning against a wall forms a triangle, and Egyptians regarded this shape as sacred, you know, like their pyramids. So to them, triangles represented uh, the trinity of the gods, and to pass through a triangle was to desecrate it. Um, And then that just kind of, that belief just passed down through the years. Um, Centuries later, followers of Jesus Christ, um, they kind of stole it and interpreted it in the light of Christ's death, uh, because the the ladder had... Yeah, well, because a ladder had rested against the crucifix, it became a symbol of wickedness, betrayal, and death, and walking under a ladder courted misfortune. Christians um, love to steal shit all Yeah, they the just time. took it, twisted it, and they were just like... It's ours now. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, also a fun fact about this one is in England, um, around the 1600s, when you, if you were a criminal and you were sentenced to death, they made you walk under a ladder before you went to the gallows to like make sure like bitch you're gonna die <laughs> like bitch you're going to hell like you get no luck like you're, you're not gonna... you are not getting out of this like yeah <laughs> like we're locking this in even if you somehow get away you're gonna have bad luck forever okay so the next one is a broken mirror gives you seven years of bad luck this one comes from ancient greece and it was common for people to consult mirror seers who told their fortunes by analyzing their reflections um, so divination was performed by means of water and a looking glass. Um, and it was called cat. I'm going to fuck this up so hard. <sighs> Catromancy. 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 Uh, the mirror was dipped into the water and a sick person was asked to look in the glass. If his image appeared distorted, he was likely to die. But if it was clear, he would live. Um, In the first century, the Romans added a caveat to the superstition. Um, It was believed that people's health changed in seven-year cycles. And so a distorted image resulting from a broken mirror, therefore, meant seven years of ill health and misfortune rather than just outright death. I thought the seven years thing was like like an illness thing. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's seven years of illness because... uh, health changed in seven year cycles is what the Romans believed. Oh, actually that is something we believe too in modern science. Cause the body changes in, like every seven years or something. You know, you oh, know, well I guess Romans got it right. Kind of you know, heard that where it's like every seven years, your like hair changes. Basically all of your cells at that point have regenerated to where you are like technically a different person. That makes sense. Cause you know, Oh, I wonder if how different I'm going to be. On my 28th birthday. We'll You're see. already 28. Oh, my God. You turned 28 I'm in June. Oh, my God. You forgot you were you 28. Know that. Dude, I stopped counting at, like, 21. There was, <laughs> there was one time I was working. It was, like, my first job out of college. And this guy asked me how old I was, and I pulled out a calculator. And he was like, are you fucking serious? You don't know how old you are? And I was like, "I yeah, I mean, I just got to make sure. <laughs> So. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know how old you were. 
I don't. I have no interest in knowing. Well, I know how old you are because I know how old I am. You are only like two weeks older than me. Well, see, then I don't have to. I can just call you next time. I need to know. Amazing. So pulling out a calculator, looking ridiculous. That's being like, wow. I, I wonder what I'll be like when I grow up. You are grown up. What? <laughs> like, when did that happen? What? When did that? Nobody happen? told me. <laughs> This is why we need to put it on birthday cakes. Um, All right. So when you spill salt, toss them over your left shoulder to avoid bad luck. Where does this come from? I do do Uh, this without thinking about it. Really? Okay. I've always done this. Do you know why? I don't know why I do it. I just have always done this. Okay. Um, So spilling salt has been considered unlucky for thousands of years. Around uh, 3500 B.C., the ancient Sumerians first took to nullifying the bad luck of spilled salt by throwing a pinch of it over their left shoulders. This ritual spread to the Egyptians, the Assyrians, and later the Greeks. Um, ultimately, it reflects how people prize salt as seasoning for food. The etymology of the word salary shows how highly we value it. According to Panati, um, who's a researcher, the Roman writer uh, Petronius um, originated not worth his salt as uh, a saying for Roman soldiers who are given special allowances for salt rations uh, called salt money. And that's the origin for our word salary. So salt was just like a coveted thing. And it was like, if you spilled it, you're wasting it. And so throwing it over your left shoulder somehow helps nullify that. Interesting. Um, I did look up a little bit about, like, I did, that did come up when I looked up superstitions and on the Morton Salt website. Oh, my God. They said that uh, you throw it over your left shoulder to, because you knocked the salt over, which you just said is, like, this, like, precious thing that they use for... Like, it's just an expensive, like, thing that everybody wants and needs. Yeah. Um, the only way you would ever possibly knock it over could not be carelessness because salt is so important. So, obviously, a demon did it. Oh. The demon made you do it. And, like, the devil did. And you throw the salt over your shoulder and the salt is supposed to hit him in the eye to, like, ward him Oh. Off. I like that one better. But that's what the Morton Salt website says. Well, Morton Salt is way more creative than these guys. Morton. So I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because I because before I realized, uh, for everyone listening, Kelly and I realized, like, earlier today, we, did, we picked the exact same shit. <laughs> yeah. So I then changed my stuff. That's why I'm all over the place with my thing. It's like I had this thing set up and then I was like, not doing it. Like I had this really goofy picture of walking under a ladder where (laughs) the Christians just like threw God underneath the ladder and like he He just like like, threw him like a log. He's holding a fist up and it looks like I'll fight you if you like come under this like ladder. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, no, the salt thing, I realized that was something I did. So I was like, I wonder why I do that. Because I don't know why I do that. So when you asked, that's why I said, I, I don't know why I did that. But apparently, yeah. I'm, I'm hitting, I'm killing demons. You're killing the demons that behind you. Yeah. I mean, that checks out. I like that one more. <laughs> that one's way more entertaining. 
Um, okay, so knock on wood, this one is a little different in the sense that um, its origin is uh, debated. It's a lot in doubt. Really? Um, some, yeah, some attribute it to ancient religious rite of touching a crucifix when taking an oath. Oh, my God. Um, I thought this was a Celtic thing. And then also among ignorant pe- peasants of Europe, um, it may have had its beginning in the habit of knocking loudly to keep out evil spirits. Okay. So... We don't know 100, 100% why, but it seems like either way it had like a religious kind of origin. Yeah, I really want to do like a like a Celtic folklore or something episode because um, there's just a lot of stuff that like they believe that got carried over into all of these other superstitions and crap. So I'm totally I- into that. I think Celtic stuff is super cool. So when I read about that like when i looked it up um what i found said that um the celtics believed that good and bad spirits live in wood in general Hmm. and that um kind of like the wishes in germany if you mention something about good fortune there may be bad spirits like living in your wood and you knock on the wood to like kick them out of it Interesting. Okay, so it's kind of like the second one where it's like knocking loudly to keep out evil spirits. Yeah, but the knocking is because the spirits are living in the wood. Because the Celtics Hmm. believe that like like fairies and spirits and stuff like live in wood. It's still crazy for me to like think that fairies are anything bad. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because it's just like, oh, I used to have like little fairy Barbies and they were so cute and they just flew up in the air and sometimes they land in places that were inconvenient. But yeah, American fairies are like so cute. Celtic fairies are like so creepy trickstery. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy how origins can just change it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this one makes more sense to me. It comes at the times always saying God bless after a sneeze. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Um, in most English speaking countries, it's polite to respond to a sneeze by saying God bless you. Though incantations of good luck have accompanied sneezes across uh, disparate color- cultures for thousands of years. Um, but they're all, all tied to the belief that sneezes expelled evil spirits. Our particular custom began in the sixth century by explicit order of Pope Gregory the Great. Um, There was a terrible pestilence that was spreading throughout Italy at the time, and the first symptom was severe chronic sneezing, Um, and that was often quickly followed by death. So Pope Gregory urged the healthy to pray for the sick and ordered that lighthearted responses to sneezes, sneezes such as, may you enjoy good health, may be replaced by more urgent, God bless you. If a person sneezed when alone, the Pope recommended that they say a prayer for themselves in the form of God help me. So really, I should be screaming, God help me, at all hours of the day, because all I do is sneeze at all, at all times. <laughs> I'm just going to chant it, <laughs> and hopefully I'll be okay. Amazing. God help me, God. God, please. <laughs> Don't I let me die. I can't stop sneezing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I thought it. Uh, but I mean, that makes sense. Where it's just like that one. It's just kind of like okay, I, I get where you're, where you're coming from because it's like you're actually praying for someone, hoping that they yeah. Go. Well, it's like I had this one biology professor who hated it when you said "God bless you" to anybody who sneezed, and he, <laughs> if he heard it, his he already had he had like an immediate response. So like he'd be giving a lecture, somebody would sneeze, somebody would say "God bless you," and he'd be like. 
Don't you say that to them. You say that to us. They're spreading the germs in our air. We're breathing that shit in. God bless us. Us. <laughs> All the time. Every day this shit would happen. It was hysterical. It was just like a broken record, though. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, well, growing up, I believed, me and my friends believed that you said God bless you because we thought, hear me out, we, we as a small child, we thought that while you're sneezing, your heart stops and you're dead for a oh. second and it leaves your body open as a portal to like be possessed within that moment of sneezing. Like that split second where you go and then right. like you stop breathing and whatever. Um, and so like I was raised to believe that you say God bless you to not be possessed. I was raised to believe a lot of stuff actually to be anti-possession. That's a little weird. <laughs> Maybe you just had a history of that. <laughs> you know? Honestly, I I feel like you need to say a little prayer if you sneeze while you're driving because anytime that I have to sneeze when I'm driving, I get this sense of horror. Same. Because I know I'm going to close my eyes and if something happens in that split second, I'm going to fucking die. So, yeah, no, I that, do the same thing. I'm always like, this is how I go. Like, yeah, like, it. no, please, please. <laughs> like, every time I wake, I open my eyes after a sneeze while driving, I'm like, ah, ah. Like, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I think, I think most of the time I break. Like, it's just, it's not an intentional thing, but it's just like a subconscious break. That way, if anybody stops ahead of me, I'm not going to immediately run into the back of them. So next one is hang a horseshoe on your door, open end up for good luck which we see in the South a lot, especially with people who like horses. Um, the horseshoe is considered to be a good luck charm in a wide range of cultures. Belief in its magical powers traced back to the Greeks, who thought the element iron had the ability to ward off evil. Not only were horseshoes wrought of iron, they also took the shape of the crescent moon in 4th century Greece for the Greeks, a symbol of fertility and good fortune. Uh, the belief in the talismanic powers of horseshoes passed on from the Greeks to the Romans and from them to the Christians, again, because they got to take everything. Uh, in the British Isles in the Middle Ages, when fear of witchcraft was rampant, people attached horseshoes open end up to the sides of their houses and doors. People thought that witches feared horses and would shy away from any reminders of them. So that was the big shift. We yeah. go from it being a symbol of fertility um, and warning off evil to being, we just don't like horses. So maybe <laughs> if we remind them that there's a horse, they'll get scared and leave. <laughs> That's funny. I never thought of the horseshoe shape as a crescent moon at all. I just figured, well, that's the shape underneath the horse's hoof. So that's the shape of the fucking shoe. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't honestly say that I ever thought of a moon when looking at a horseshoe. Um, so I got two more. Okay. So, um, a black cat crossing your path is lucky or unlucky. Why? Uh, the one I heard is unlucky. Yeah, I always heard it was a bad luck, but I didn't care because I <laughs> loved cats. Yeah, so this kind of makes sense. Egyptians revered all cats, black and otherwise. Um, and it was their belief that a black cat crossing your path brings good luck. Their positive reputation is recorded again much later in the early 17th century in England, where King Charles I kept and treasured a black cat as a pet. I also have two black cats that I treasure, and they have brought me so much good luck. 
I um, have my black cats. I love him. They're the best. They're good kitties. Um, but upon his uh, his sweet baby Angel's death, he is said to have lamented that his luck was gone. The supposed truth of that superstition was reinforced when he was arrested the very next day and tried with high treason. So his cat died, all his luck ran out, and he went from being King Charles II to being King Charles the Imprisoned. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, then during the Middle Ages, people in many other parts of Europe held quite the opposite belief. They thought black cats were the familiars or companions of witches. Which is also probably why they bring us good luck. Um, anyway, so they thought they were the companions of witches or even witches themselves in disguise. And that a black cat crossing your path was an indication of bad luck. A sign that the devil was watching you. Uh, this seems to have been the dominant belief held by the pilgrims when they came to America. Um, which explains the strong association between black cats and witchcraft uh, that exists in the country to this day. So that's where that comes from. They kind of tie in, at least in my opinion. Maybe King Charles was a witch. All right, last one. Number 13 is unlucky. So fear of the number 13, known as, oh God, I'm going to give this my best shot. Okay. Triscadecophobia. There's what? a There's a word for it. Oh, people the who are scared of, of the, 13. yeah. Triscadecophobia phobia jesus christ um it has its origins in norse mythology um in a well-known tale 12 gods were invited to dine at valhalla um there was a magnificent banquet hall in asgard um loki the god of strife and evil crashed the party raising the number of attendees to 13 the other gods tried to kick loki out and in the struggle that ensued balder the favorite among them was killed Scandinavian avoidance of 13-member dinner parties and dislike of the number 13 itself spread south to the rest of Europe. It was reinforced in the Christian era, goddammit, by the story of the Last Supper, at which Judas, the disciple who betrayed Jesus, was the 13th guest at the table. So many people still shy away from the number, but there's, like, nothing to back up that the number 13 is unlucky. But maybe that's why, you know, Friday the 16th, Tuesday the 16th, 13th, 13th, not 16th, 13th is a, is a deal breaker because God got fucked up when the number 13 was involved. I suppose. Um, I do know that makes me think of the, um, the Chinese Zodiac story Mm -hmm. about all the animals. I don't know if you know the story of that, but basically, um, it's just a sad story about how they excluded cats. There was supposed to be a year of the cat, which would have been the 13th Zodiac animal. But what happened was the rat, who's known for being mischievous, a, a fucking dick, told the cat that the celebration was on the, a different day. So the cat didn't get to go to the celebration with all the animals where they got established with their own years and stuff, like as their little Zodiac signs. And mm-hmm. so the cat, you know, found out after the fact and was really sad and upset because the rat was a fucking dick. And, like, I don't know if that has anything to do with numbers. I just know that, like, there's 12, and if there was a cat, it would have been the 13th one. But, like, I don't know, man. They're all tied together. Yeah. Black cat was supposed to be the 13th. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, why is seven lucky? 
13 and 7 are prime numbers, and I just also wonder if that has anything to do with it. Like, I don't know. I Maybe. Didn't, I didn't look up lucky number 7. Lucky number 7 either. origins. According to my super quick Google search, it says biblical scholars point out that the number 7 is quite significant in the Bible. Okay, and the creation story, God made the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. Scholars have found that the number seven often represents perfection or completeness in the Bible. In Judaism, there are seven heavens. Okay, that's from some site called wonderopolis.org. So, like, again, take it take it how you will. Take that however you will. I do know there is one thing as an actor I am I I freak out when you people tell me good luck and it's not mm-hmm. so much that like it's the phrase that I'm superstitious about I don't like people giving me any sort of praise at all before an audition just because it psychs me out because it makes me feel like there's someone out there who's having like expectations of me or like high expectations or like whatever mm-hmm. so like I don't know for some reason people saying good luck to me before a performance or anything freaks me out but i was trying to figure well, it's out let's me break a leg anyway right so i was trying to look up the origins of like why do you say break a leg and um it looks like there's multiple reasons the first uh the first thing that comes up is from a site called transcendence theater .org it just looks it's just a random local theater that like had random little facts about theater, I guess. Um, but they say if an actor is not performing, they had to stay behind the quote unquote leg line, which meant that you would not get paid. So if you were to tell the actor to break a leg, you were wishing them the opportunity to perform and get paid. And so the idea was like, you, it's exactly what I just said. <laughs> You will get paid. You'll get past, break past the leg line of unemployment or not being paid or whatever. Some other people think the etymology comes from the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, okay. Because John, because John Wilkes Booth, because John Wilkes Booth, (laughs) after killing him, he leapt onto the stage and like broke his leg in the process. But that doesn't tell me why you would want to break a leg. Yeah. Like, I... Like, maybe... Uh, don't assassinate people? <laughs> like, that doesn't... I don't know, man. The leg line thing kind of makes sense to me, even though I've never heard the phrase leg line. Um, in French, they say merde, and, Ger- and uh, German say uh, Haus und Breinbuch, which means uh, neck and leg break. <laughs> Which are all, oh. like, negative things. Those are all, like, fuck up. Yeah. yeah. I've always kind of wondered. Break your shit. Like, <laughs> why would you want to break anything? I mean. Do like, heal a leg. I remember hearing, like, a break a leg origin as a kid that was really weird about, like, if you wish good luck. I don't know. Like, wishing the opposite of something causes the opposite to happen. Like, if you wish someone something, like, the opposite happens. Like, I don't know. I never know if breaking a literal leg was ever, like, part of it. Um, But it's just supposed to be good luck in a really, really weird way. Yeah, it seemed Um, like such a strange way. So here's another potential origin story since no one really seems to know where it comes from. Um, 
This is off of Reddit, so someone could have just made this up, and I'm just spitting it back at you. But uh, in, apparently in the time of ancient Greece, people did not clap. They would stomp their leg for appreciation, and if they stomped hard oh. enough, you could break your leg. Um, so it would be break the leg of the audience, like do so good that they're stomping for you so and hard. they just stomp so hard, they break they their break leg. leg. So break a leg. Um, yeah. And so. Okay, cool. Of all of them, that's the one that makes most sense. I agree. <laughs> Some believe, uh, it's actually Yiddish. Um, the phrase, I don't know Yiddish pronunciation. I'm not Jewish. Hatzlosh. I'm just doing this in the German accent. Hasloch und Broch. That was the most German-esque sounding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do a Yiddish accent. Um, it means success and blessing um, and has been called from... Oh, it's from the German phrase Hals und Brennbroch, like in like in leg fracture. But it doesn't make sense. Like, why would you say that, though? It doesn't... Like, even if you think it came from Yiddish and then translated into German, like, Why? Like, at least the ancient Greece thing had a freaking explanation. Others believe that it's just make a strenuous effort. Like, just make, just just go so fucking hard, you break your fucking leg, dude, to just fucking do it. <laughs> All right. I mean, sure. <laughs> I would hope not. That seems like bad luck. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of theories. Mm-hmm. Um, some see it as, like, get out there and have your big break. But why a leg? I don't know. Impress the audience so much that you will need to bend down and pick up coins that they throw up on stage to where it breaks your leg. Like, I don't... There's a lot of weird shit people are throwing out here. Yeah, that really just sounds like they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Oh, 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 oh. They don't mean break the leg. I see now. It's like put on a performance good enough that you will have to bend your knee in a bow or curtsy to acknowledge the applause or to bend down and like pick up the money that they throw. It's not not like literally break it. It's like bend. So basically like if uh, bend the knee. (laughs) What? (laughs) Bend the knee so hard you break your leg. Bend. Bend the knee. That definitely sounds very Daenerys. It is. So that's what I was thinking. Bend the knee. But that's pretty much what I got. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, No. I just... No. Not when it comes to superstitions. Yeah, I feel like... hoping hoping that uh, Georgia breaks a leg and uh, pulls through tonight. Or tomorrow. I don't care. Bend the knee. Bend the knee, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) It feels more appropriate. We're so fucking close. I know, I know. It's It's less than 2,000 right now. That's fucking wild. God. I know. All right, well... So we should probably, like, stop. Call it. (laughs) Yeah, so... Thank you all so much for listening, as always. Uh, Don't know what we're doing next week, but we will figure it out, and I'm sure it'll be fun. It's Kelly's turn to pick something, so we'll figure it out. I don't think I have anything, like, special news or whatever to give, so just keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com.
If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.